Ladies and gentlemen, today's Warner Archive Collection podcast brings a wonderful guest, a gentleman whom I had the pleasure of meeting personally several years ago and whom I've always admired both as an actor and a director and a genuinely wonderful human being, Mr. Richard Benjamin. Thank you for joining us today on this Warner Archive Collection podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. We're here today primarily to talk about a film that is a big cult favorite that we're bringing back to DVD, in which you starred with a rather impressive cast, The Last of Sheila. And uh, I would imagine that you would have uh, buoyant memories of such an interesting, unique film. Oh, I do. I mean, not the least of which is that we were uh, in the south of France for four months and went to every two- and three-star restaurant that there was. We were there so long that they finally just closed. And it's funny, every night when we left the hotel, the... Uh, you know, concierge, they would say, you know, because I'd say, where's this restaurant? Where's that restaurant? He said, well, would you ever think of having dinner at our restaurant? I thought, oh, you know, you're trying to get us to eat at this hotel here. We don't want to eat at this. Well, finally, all the restaurants closed, and then we had no choice. Well, (laughs) it was spectacular. And the idea that we had walked out of there every single night when this fabulous restaurant was in this hotel, you know, but all you know, you can't get a bad meal there anyway. So, so it was a wonderful. It was a great location, and we also made wonderful friends there. And two people who became close friends, which I always, you know, thought was just a great byproduct of this, was uh, Jim Coburn and James Mason, who are, were just fabulous people. And Mason. I think was one of the best film actors ever. So I am in awe of every performance. He he never gave a bad performance, even if the film was no, substandard. No. But films like Star Is Born, oh, man, uh, he's you know, just I mean, all, astounding. All just North the, by Northwest, <laughs> yeah, extraordinary. You know, extraordinary and and a wonderful man. And uh, we became close there, and we saw each other afterwards. And uh, but acting with him was probably the best acting experience I've ever had because it wasn't like acting it was like just being this film has a unique pedigree with the screenwriters having probably a renown for other things yeah exactly (laughs) well one of the things that uh, maybe people know or don't know is there they were renowned in New York for playing games and we must tell people that we're talking about Anthony Perkins and Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Tony be- uh, became one of our closest friends, and and we knew him long before Last of Sheila, and we had also known Stephen Sondheim earlier too. And in fact, one of the first times I met Stephen Sondheim was at uh, somebody's uh, uh, a, you know, a gathering where he brought some kind of uh, board game that he made. <laughs> I'd never seen that, but you know, people brought out Clue and Monopoly, but he brought out a board game that had something to do with Hollywood uh, that he actually made. And But that was years before Last of Sheila. And then they did this. They were famous in New York for um, having these scavenger hunts all over the city. So <laughs> if you were lucky enough to be invited, you were in a team, and you either uh, got it in a cab or transportation, whatever. Anyway, it said, find the lady 
near the water. And you say, what the heck is that? <laughs> well, it turned out to be the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> so then when you got out there, there was some other crew that took you somewhere else. Uh, and there were no, you know, there were no prizes except you got to boast that you had won the thing. So you had these people running all over New York City, uh, running into each other and not telling each other about the crew. Anyway, so they were these really fabulous game players and that what they said was that no movie really no one of these kind of agatha christie like movies has ever could you play along with it could you actually figure it out and play the game of figuring out you know who the killer was and so they decided to create this thing. They said that, you know, at the end of these movies, they, um, you know, the detective rounds everybody up in, our, in, the, in the parlor and says, well, it, so-and-so must have done it because he wasn't here and he wasn't there, and you figure, okay, I guess that's right. But here, you can actually play it. You can get the answer in the title of the movie. Right, right from the get-go, you can figure this thing out. Um, and that's what's so neat about it. So, And we had these, well, the script supervisor and Herb Ross who directed it, um, Annabelle Davis-Goff was the script supervisor, would have these tremendous arguments while we were shooting because whose version of the thing were we seeing? Hmm. Was it Coburn telling this thing? Was it uh, Joan Hackett telling what had happened? And which was the, re- the true one? Um, so in a, from a script supervisor point of view, it was kind of a nightmare to straighten this thing out. So it was shot correctly so that when James at the end, you know, finally, you know, puts the, all of this together, you see what really happened. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I think coming away from it, I, I got to see the film, I guess, for the first time about 12 or 13 years ago when we were first working on bringing it out on home video. And I'm a Sondheim fanatic. Yeah. And that was just like the icing on the cake. We actually brought Sweeney Todd's video version and that out at the same time. Oh, uh-huh. But in working on this... And looking at it, I said, everybody must have had such a great time. Oh, we did. That comes out of the screen that with Raquel Welch and Diane Cannon, and everybody just seems to be having a lot of fun. We did. I mean, you know, you get to make a movie in the south of France, and, I mean, you can you cannot complain. Um, and uh, and everybody uh, was really great. Joan Hackett was just one of the best people ever. Um, and... It was a great group. It, it really was. Now, I have to ask you about one of my favorite performances that you ever gave, and I have to believe this is holds a dear place in your heart, was another film you did with Herb Ross that is part of our library, a little picture called uh, Sunshine oh, yeah. Boys, I believe. <laughs> Can we talk just a little about that? Because I love that movie. I never get tired of it. And I love your work in that oh, movie thanks. because it's a very difficult role to traverse. Because I saw the play in New York, and I don't remember who played that role in the play because it was overshadowed by Jack Albertson and the people. And Sam, that, Sam know, Levine. But your role in the film, you, it was just spectacular. And, and um, I watched that movie as, as medicine. Oh, just, I'm glad. Now, am I correct in that you've done it on the stage? No, I've done readings of it. Um, I've never. I've done readings recently of it, 
doing actually Walter's part. That's what I th- I remember reading something that you had done yeah, recently, yeah. which I thought was a, a great And there was thing. some talk of it being done, but so far we haven't done it. But we have done readings of it. Um, and uh, But making that picture was just another one of these, you know, kind of love fests and getting to know Walter. Walter was became the godfather of our daughter, and oh. Walter was... You know, another. These are such great people. Right. And then George Burns. I mean, when I grew up, when I was a kid, my folks and I, you know, listened to, you know, I think Burns and Allen was on first, and Jack Benny, or maybe it was right. the other way around. And the Phil Harris show, Phil Harris and Alice say were on the radio. So I thought they were like friends or something because and they seemed to live near each other in a place right. called Beverly Hills and you know what i mean it was all like families right. i mean and my folks thought you know Burns and Allen were just the greatest and um uh, by the time i had made this movie unfortunately they had passed away but the idea that i was working with George Burns was just astounding to me yeah. and that he became you know a friend i said how's this possible you know <laughs> I'm, I, you know, where's the rest of the gang? Where's Jack and Mary yeah. and uh, Phil and Alice? You know. Now, speaking of that, this is an interesting question. I'm just thinking of that. Some people know this, and we actually had on the DVD the screen test that Jack Benny was originally oh, yeah. cast. Yeah. Were you part of the film at that point? No, mm-hmm. you weren't. They had already been cast, and every day, uh, George and you know Walter would stay in his dressing room and. He played classical music, and he kind of had his lunch near the set. But George liked to go to the commissary, and he asked me every day if I'd like to have lunch with him. And I couldn't believe it. You know, I I barely could answer because here we are walking through the sound stages at MGM where he told me this joke every single day. He told me the same joke. (laughs) And he said, you know... Gracie and I did a picture here 35 years ago. Mm. I said, oh, yeah? And he said, yeah, and they liked me so well, they asked me back. <laughs> that was his joke. Uh, and he told me the same joke. Uh, he said, hey, kid, you want to have lunch? And I said, yes, of course I do. <laughs> so, uh, And he told me the same joke. I laughed every single day because of the way he told it. And I have to mention, the film was Honolulu, which was made in 1939, which is also part of the Warner Archive collection. Oh, my collection. God, that's fabulous. So there, there is synergy in, in yeah, all of this. Yeah, isn't there? That is fabulous. Now I'm going to take a detour and be totally non-promotional for our company and talk about something we don't own that I love and that we talked about before we started recording this so that my friend Ken Ross, who runs CBS Video, will put out that magnificent television series that you and your wife did, He and She. Oh, yeah. And this is a public plea because George is not only uh, a guy here at Warner Brothers, but I'm also a consumer and a fan, so I'm going to put it out publicly that on behalf of Richard Benjamin and Paul Apprentice fans everywhere, please release He and She on DVD. So I've used the Warner Airway to promote oh, boy, competitive product. Because this doesn't happen in show business no, very often. but that's, that's in the spirit of, of your giving your time here to talk about oh, Last of Sheila. Nice. I had to put that out oh, publicly. Nice. But I think the world of you, and thank I you. just thank you for sharing your time with us today. Such a pleasure. And all best wishes to you and your wife. Oh, thank you, George. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this Warner Archive Collection podcast. It's been our pleasure to speak with Richard Benjamin, who heads up an all-star cast in The Last of Sheila, 
written by Anthony Perkins and Stephen Sondheim, directed by Herbert Ross, and now available on DVD from the Warner Archive collection, please come to our website, warnerarchive.com, where you will see The Last of Sheila and many other fine favorites, including another film starring Richard Benjamin, Portnoy's Complaint, now making its debut on DVD. So thanks for listening, and please look out for the next Warner Archive Collection podcast.